What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Petty Revenge. Trying to record inside today in the fifth wheel. It's hot. It's hot in here with the air conditioner on. Um, welcome to Florida in July, I guess. And any rumbling and bumbling and clanging that you hear in the background is construction equipment. They're, uh, they're working on the infrastructure for a new RV park resort thing next door. So they're digging for sewer pipes and everything else. And, uh, yeah, I'll hear it, but you probably won't. So anyway, let's get on with the stories. Self checkout mystery. Every time I go grocery shopping with my dad, he never helps me out. He always insists we go to self-checkout, even with a cartload, and I bag it all. Every single time, he loudly announces he's paying workers, so I have to do all the scanning and bagging. After this, he then proceeds to sit or lay in the most inconvenient place and play Candy Crush on his phone. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad doing this, but he always announces it in a humiliating way, and I always get embarrassed. This always makes me feel crappy, but I've found a way to combat that feeling. I place an expensive item in that he wouldn't approve of, such as makeup or over-the-top skincare. Getting away with this for years is the only thing that keeps me shopping with him. Sometimes he sees the total and asks how it's so high, so I just act dumb and he's too lazy to check. Today the cart was $185 for a half cart and definitely made me feel better after getting humiliated. I can't talk to him, so this is how I get back at him. I understand the sentiment, throwing something in the cart that would make you feel a little bit better in the end, but at the same time... I kind of feel like OP needs to find a way to communicate with his or her dad. You know, say, hey, you don't want to do it? I'm going to a regular checkout. If you don't like that, then you can go grocery shopping by yourself. It's just that simple. You're not going to make me do all the work while you, you know, screech and holler and make your proclamations about how somebody else is getting paid to do it. I'm not that person getting paid to do it, except for the things that I throw in the cart. So just a thought. Sometimes you got to communicate even if it causes a fight. Rude woman gets no dentures. Back when I was 17, I worked at a dental surgery as a receptionist. The first patient of the day was unnecessarily rude to me. She complained to me that the dentist hadn't called her in yet and demanded to know why. I called the dentist, but he didn't pick up the phone. So I told the woman that she would be called in shortly and to please be patient and understanding. She was the first patient of the day. She commented that because I was so young, I probably didn't check her in as waiting properly and that I'm useless at my job, but I stayed professional and reiterated that she would be called in shortly. It might not be relevant, but this woman was approximately 50 or 60 years old. Her dentist called her into his room 30 seconds later and then left her in the chair and came to me and asked if I could be his temporary dental nurse, as his usual one had not turned up to work. This is why the lady had to wait for so long. Five minutes. It was nothing to do with me not putting down on the computer that she had arrived. I walked into the room and the lady's face fell when she saw that I was her dental nurse. She was previously smiley and happy with the dentist. No complaints to him about the wait time. I deliberately didn't suction her mouth properly during her scale and polish because she was so rude to me, and it made her gag. She was then rude to the dentist and ripped out her impressions, a cast of your teeth, before they had set, because they also made her gag. She told the dentist that he was useless at his job because of this. The dentist, who had been qualified for 15 years at that time, was annoyed and explained to her not to rip out the impressions before they had set because then they were unusable and tried to do the impressions again, but the same thing happened. After this, the dentist said she would have to rebook her appointment, since she was running late by over 25 minutes at this point and other patients had began to complain about the wait times. The dentist told me to book the lady another appointment at reception since by this point his actual dental nurse had turned up, so he would ask her to clean up and prepare the room for the next patient. When I reached the receptionist's desk, the dentist called me and discreetly asked me not to book her next appointment with him, but to book her in with the owner's daughter instead, since she had the authority to refuse service to rude patients. 
I smiled politely and asked the lady when she would like her next appointment for, but she just told me to F off and stormed out without rebooking. Her husband, who had been seated in the waiting room this whole time, apologized to me for his wife's behavior before he left. Once the owner found out and asked me in the dentist what happened, a note was put on her file and she was denied any further appointments because of her rudeness when she tried to call up and rebook. She would have been called and notified, but she had given us an incorrect number that was no longer in use. Well, considering the way the husband apologized, this is probably not an unusual way for her to act. Uh, this seems to be the norm. And I don't care if I am a dentist working in somebody else's dental office and they're really technically the boss. Um, it's like renting a chair at a beauty salon or a barber shop. I don't give a rat's behind who owns the building. But let me tell you something. If this is my space that I'm leasing or I'm a partner in or something, I'll be damned if you're going to make me wait on somebody who's acting that way towards me. So that dentist has more pull than you think. So anyway... The whole office could have banded together at that point, and the owner wouldn't have gone against them, but good thing the owner saw the notes and everything and decided to step in. That's actually a good sign of an attentive owner slash whatever. So, uh, good for them. And good for the husband for apologizing for something that he didn't do. Yeah, I'd refuse to drive her if she was going to act like that all the time, honestly, but that's just me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ex-boyfriend is probably changing my streaming avatars to fat characters to be petty, so I logged him out. I let the ex-boyfriend stay on my subscriptions because he was broke and our breakup was amicable. I met my husband later and he couldn't care less. It's my money. I'm already paying for it. He has his own profiles and I don't talk to the ex ever. He's blocked. He's just a profile on the apps. Recently, after being broken up for over two years, he's been asking about Blu-rays he left in my TV cabinet. I looked and didn't find them. I don't have them. He's convinced I do and was texting me from different numbers for them. I keep blocking him. Like you legally had six months after moving out to come look for them. It's too late even if I did have them. Why the F are you asking me now? I'm assuming one of the many tragic trash women he moved in after our breakup took them and he's not smart enough to realize that so he's asking me. I don't know. That's why I'm not with him anymore. He's not too clever. So suddenly my avatars on the different streaming subscriptions are changing to things like Miss Piggy, Ursula, Jabba the Hutt, stuff like that. Great characters, but obviously a jab at me. Yeah, I'm a big girl. Almost as big as him. Oh my gosh, it's so petty. Ungrateful bastard. I can't prove it was him, but my husband and I are convinced it is. There's only one way to find out. Process of elimination. So I finally changed my passwords to everything and forced the log out on all devices. We'll see what happens. I had no beef with him. I don't even think about him, but I remember how childish and vindictive he was. Don't F with me. Pseudo update. He's blocked on everything, so I doubt I'll ever hear from him. Fortunately, I moved a few towns away when I got married and he doesn't know where I am. He lives in the same town as my mom, so if he got pissy, she'd set him straight. An entitled jerk. My therapist has already told me I give some people pity that they haven't earned, and this is enough for me to stop. I was the same way with my ex-husband, but not anymore. The courage takes a while to catch up with me. I'm tired of being nice to people just so that they don't hurt me. To be honest, I'm afraid of his vindictive revenge, like calling my work or something to get me in trouble. My husband thinks I'm overthinking, and he's probably right. My anxiety gets the best of me. Hopefully he barely notices, thinks it's a glitch, and can't contact me for the password and just gets his own accounts. So I won't have much to update unless he does something really stupid. Sorry for the anticlimactic journey, <laughs> but rest assured, dear friends, I will let you know. I've dealt with people that are petty like this in the past, whether it was 
ex-girlfriends, ex-friends, current friends, uh, some relatives. It just depends. I don't understand why people need to be this way. It doesn't prove any points. It doesn't give them any favor. I don't even know how it makes them feel better. It's not even funny most of the time. It's just childish weirdness, really. When things are done, they're done. At that point, even if things were amicable, you should have just cut things off. Said, look, I understand. I feel for you. I'll give you like 90 days on the accounts, but at the end of 90 days, I'm going to cut everything off. We need a clean break. We're not together. We're not friends. We're not buddies. We're not mates. 90 days is enough to get your shit together and let's go. I mean, hell, even my own kids can only push so far before I'm like, uh, yep. Time to fly, little birdie. Well, sort of. They've moved back in with us, but that's a different story. They're still being made to pull their own weight and be part of the system, the community, the household, so to speak. As far as the anxiety goes, I mean, we all have different types and levels of anxieties. I mean, I have my own. My wife has her own. My kids have enough of their own. Uh, Along with the different personality types, it just makes for a great day for everybody. But you got to learn how to kind of squash it down just enough so that you can function in life and think rationally for five seconds and say, you know what? I don't need this crap. Cut him off. Be done. Which you did. Which is good. Be nice to your barista. I used to work in a corporate coffee shop. Not Starbucks, but something similar. I quite enjoyed my coworkers, and we had lots of regulars from the surrounding neighborhood that were generally very kind and friendly. With one major exception. We'll call him Ted. On my first encounter with Ted, I was working the cash register when he came up to order. First, he was a total jerk about me knowing his drink, even though it was my first day. I was sweet and polite and apologized. Confrontation makes me very uncomfortable and I have an instinct to make myself very small in order to avoid it. Then as he was walking away I heard him say, just loud enough for me to hear but not my coworkers effing dick. I heard it clear as day. Later I told my coworkers what had happened. We were all pretty shocked. I live in an extremely liberal and queer friendly city. They all said Ted was generally a little surly with them but nothing like that had happened to any of them. From that day on he was always super rude to me but at least treated my coworkers like human beings. He even asked to be rung up by someone else right in front of me one day. What Ted didn't know was that my coworkers had my back. We all continued to be fake nice, knew his name and drink order, jumped through the corporate required hoops. But all Ted ever got from us that day forward was decaf. F you, Ted. I hope your day sucks. Working any kind of retail, especially corporate retail, does suck in general. Uh, you evidently had a pretty decent team around you. That was nice. Ted was a jerk. No doubt about that. But sometimes we tend to hear things that we don't necessarily hear in reality. You may have heard it, but I could have, there's been times that I could have swore I heard somebody talk about my fat or my beard or whatever. And sometimes it's just because your brain's automatically looking for somebody to be derogatory about something about you. And then we tend to blow it way out of proportion. The good news is you guys are kind of being chill about it. You're, you're doing the corporate hoops. You're being fake nice, which is the way you should be at work. Even if the guy's being rude, you know. There's no way for you to do anything about it unless your manager wants to step in. Uh, And he didn't do anything too harmful except give the guy decaf, which I think is kind of funny because he's going to be showing up to work a little less enthusiastic than normal. So good for you guys. I watched the work truck almost run a family minivan off the road, chased down and reported. I was coming home from work one day in my shipbox. It was on a sparsely used rural two-lane highway about six car lengths behind an F-350 weight class flatbed truck. The truck slowly starts to drift into the other lane. Meep, meep, an oncoming blue minivan has to go onto the shoulder to avoid a head-on collision, and they overcompensate when getting back on the road and almost hit me, who then had to make the same maneuver and almost go into the ditch to avoid a head-on collision. I see red. The truck keeps going like nothing happened. I follow the truck a few miles until it pulls up into a driveway. I snap a picture of the license plate and company name, the driver absolutely glaring at me. 
I called the real estate agent's number that was on the side of the truck and informed the lady that one of her drivers was driving erratically, possibly drunk. When I suggested her driver was under the influence, she suggested in a very rude tone that he was probably just messing with his GPS or texting someone. That wouldn't make that family any less dead, would it? You know what? I figured we could talk about this like adults, but if you want to take that attitude with me, we can involve the cops. And then I hung up on her and promptly reported the whole thing to the sheriffs. I don't know if I had anything to do with it, but I never saw that work truck in that neighborhood again. I don't care if it was texting, GPS, drinking, whatever. It doesn't matter. The guy should have pulled over at that point because he saw what happened. Now, sometimes you just you get distracted by the dumbest things. Sometimes it's not even your phone, your GPS, or the, if you've been drinking, whatever. Sometimes stuff just happens. It could have been a pure 100% accident. But he was with it enough to correct himself, and he saw what was going on in his mirrors for sure. So, yeah, that driver knew exactly what was going on after that and uh, made the conscious decision to keep on rolling and just pretend like nothing happened. That never works. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Talk to me like I'm 20 IQ. So I'll be 20 IQ. Hey people, I'd like to share a quick story from my first year working as a nurse. I just started in a new department and there was one of the neurology doctors who was just full of himself. Typical surgeon god complex. He would always talk down to me and basically interacted with me like I had an IQ of 20. I'm not a smart man. Let night shift roll around and he was my on-call doctor. Normally we were able to handle most situations by ourselves. We only call if they need to come in for an emergency procedure or if there are serious complications with one of the post-OR patients. But I was 20 IQ, right? So I called for everything. A patient was having pain. But like as usual, painkillers weren't stated as optional medication. In my country, a doctor has to prescribe every med that a patient gets, either with the set times or as optional medication in case of pain, for example. But in reality, we handle most regular stuff by ourselves. I called. The blood pressure was slightly out of the agreed limit. Happens all the time. No big deal at all. I called. I schedule the calls in a 90-minute rhythm, so I was sure he gets zero sleep. I got pretty creative with my reasons to call. Only once I needed my, oh, sorry, wrong number excuse. The day I returned to my next day shift, he was able to speak to me like a normal person. His next turn on call went without any calls. Rule number one, never mess with the nurses. Edit. No, I'm no native speaker. English is actually my third language. I sincerely apologize that all grammar hoes suffered a heart attack reading this, but I do know how to treat one. <laughs> grammar hoes, that's funny. If I was reading in my head, I wouldn't have had an issue at all. I would have gone through it perfectly. Reading it out loud, I have an issue because I'm trying to fill in certain punctuation, verbs, adverbs, things like that, that made sense to the way I speak. That doesn't mean your writing was bad. And if that's your third language, congratulations, because I can't even speak a second one. So, eh, people always got something to complain about. It is what it is. Queen of Petty. So not revenge really, but I strive to be as petty as my mom. My parents have always had cute nicknames for each other. My dad is Bun, short for Bunny, and my mom is War, short for Warren. And yes, I realize the Bunny goes into the Warren. <laughs> when I was a teenager, that messed me up for a while. Anyway, when I got married, my husband's surname was Warren. So we had a joke about both being called Warren. My husband knew about my mom's nickname and shared the joke. 
After my very long and painful divorce and subsequent breakdown, I decided to change my name. My mom, being the queen that she is, changed her nickname. The nickname she's had for 43 years because she didn't want to be Warren either. She then made my dad call her by the new nickname in front of my now ex. I could tell by his face that he had noticed the change. God, I love that woman. ETA, thanks for all the support. Wish I could say she came up with a really creative new nickname, but my dad just started calling her Cher, short for Cheryl, which is what everyone else calls her. I'm on the mend now for my divorce, thankfully, but it's been a long road. He had forced me to change so much of my personality. I've had to rediscover who I am. Thankfully, now I have a man who supports me and loves me for who I am. Yeah, don't ever let anybody change who you are. Uh, if you need to change for you, that's one thing. If you're trying to make some other person change to fit the way you live, then that relationship isn't going to work. You kind of got to meet people where they are. And if they're not in a place where you're compatible, then you're not compatible. That's kind of the way this all works. Uh, trying to force somebody else to change their ways to suit your neuroses or whatever, it never works. I don't know why people continue to do it. Anyway, good for you for getting out of it. Uh, if, you know, your mom probably should have kept the nickname, even if your mom and dad just used it when you weren't around or something. But oh, well, good for them for working with you. Caught stealing. This is something that was done to me that was petty, but in a hilarious way. This guy was hitting on me at Target. I was in a bad mood and kind of shut him down. He asked me if I had Snapchat. I was rude and said I don't have a phone, lol. He said, be like that then and walked away. When I get to the register with my couple items, there are security guards waiting for me at the exit. They say, excuse me, man, we got an anonymous tip that you were stealing. I instantly knew it was the guy ratting me out. It was petty, but bold, and I think about it often, lol. It was petty. Not sure it was all that funny. Uh, I mean, it held you up for a few minutes. Not much. I mean, it only takes two seconds to empty your pockets. Seriously, but I guess maybe some of it was warranted because you were being rude. But at the same time, in today's society, it's really tough to be hitting on people in the grocery store or anywhere. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure he should have been hitting on you to begin with. It's kind of weird out there these days. The climate's not set up for finding dates and mates and things like that. So, uh. Anyway, good that you both handled it somewhat well. Alright guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, do me a favor, leave a like, comment, rating, whatever, depending on the podcast or video format that you're watching on. Alright, till the next one, we'll see ya.